Greetings, everyone. It's Saturday night, August 31st. Uh, I just finished up performing at a youth hostel in Santa Monica. If you think it sounds like it's horrible, it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I know the booker really well, and the host dropped out, and they asked me to do it, fill in. It's brutal. Comedy, well, here's the thing. The show was decent, but, like, when you do these hostel rooms, the youth hostels especially, like, it's just, like, these foreigners, and it's like a thankless bunch, <laughs> and it starts to make you negative. I felt like the Joker on stage from Batman, where, like, he starts off all, you know, he's a comedian. I'm assuming this is what the movie's about. And then somewhere or another, something snaps in him and he becomes this evil person who tries to kill everybody. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. Not that I'm going to kill people, but just the uh, the level of frustration sometimes. So, um, it's been a busy week. Busy in the sense of... Uh, if you're a fan of mine, you know that I make a lot of things, and man, I think uh, uh, I did. I did some of these podcasts today. Guys named Brian Swinehart, but I think if you make stuff, you have to uh, be ready to just go all in. Because uh, I'm starting this. Well, I've been making this this web series called Brothers, where I play all the characters, and I also write and shoot it, and I produce it, and I edit it. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's it's a lot of work. If you watch it, I hope you're enjoying it. I mean, I'm trying to see the good in it. It doesn't get like the hits DCOC used to get because, I mean, not, the YouTube algorithms kind of change. But, you know, I'm really proud of it because because I just, I've spent years acquiring these skill sets. Remember when I was uh, in the mailroom at UTA, I drove around this director that, um, this they they were like, hey Tharun, can you just drive around this this director who's in town from I think he's from Sweden. His name was Daniel Espinosa, and he directed Safe House. So I just drove him to all his meetings, and it was kind of cool because I got to like you know, go to these high level meetings. Well, I didn't get to sit in the meetings, but I got to like take him there. But it was like you know prime parking spots, and you know I got to go to like uh, Ridley Scott's office. Huge names. And we talked to him about my movie, Bobby Khan, and he goes, you know, you got to just keep finessing and sharpening your tools and getting better as a filmmaker. And I feel like I've really spent, you know, in addition to comedy, I've spent a lot of years learning how to make films, whether it's film school and then DCOC. I watched Atif Mirza direct and then Bobby Khan, <clears throat> you know, I did more producing and then the past couple of years, a decade, you know, I made a bunch of web series and commercials, but I actually directed those. And now I'm at a point where I feel like I can do it all pretty efficiently. I'm not like an expert, but I can I definitely do a good job. And so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm using all my skills and I, I did not have these skills 20 years ago. So let's see where it goes. Uh, I'm not doing this to, to you know, get on SNL or anything. I'm just kind of doing it just to express myself and 
feel like there's something there, so I'll, I'll do it as long as I can before I move on to something else. <clears throat> uh, sorry, I just got I just ate some cookies. <laughs> I went on this shame spiral about ten minutes ago. Um, I think I think it's okay to have a shame spiral every now and then. Um, sometimes life kicks your butt, and you have to be. <laughs> You gotta be okay with, you know, I really don't subscribe to all that positive thinking stuff. I feel like, yes, you can be positive and you can be happy, but I think having uh, negative thoughts is human. We're human beings. It's okay to, to you know, question things. It's okay to feel sad. Like, I never understood that. If I If I didn't allow myself the freedom to, like, to cry sometimes or to to be pissed off or to be by myself. Like, that's who I am. That's my DNA. And and I never really understood that. So I'm telling I'm telling you my process. Whatever works for you is fine. But, but I give myself the freedom to have a full uh, range of emotion, um, which is probably why I'm single right now. But hey, you know what? Um, that's how I am. And I think... I think we should all celebrate our uniqueness. So anyways, going back to tonight, uh, performed for this youth hostel. I've been saying yes to every gig possible. Like last night I did the Haha Cafe, which was great. This is a story. I don't give, they're not going to hear this anyways. But the bookers of the Haha, you know, I was run by this couple and uh, it's a club in North Hollywood, a really good club. And, I used to go there all the time before when I got to LA and they used to book me. And then I stopped going there for some reason or another. And then and then every time I walked in there with a friend, they'd be like, hey, how come you don't call in, call in, call in? And then uh, I called in and I performed on a Saturday night and I asked to get paid, correct? It was Saturday night. And like I could tell they didn't want to pay me. You know, they gave me like 20 bucks or something. That was the last time I performed the haha. They never booked me after that. And it was like, why? Because they asked for payment. I don't even know why, but they just cut me out of whatever. I mean, maybe there's a lot of comedians there too, but definitely something. I feel like I put a bad taste in her mouth. And maybe I'm just projecting this. But So last night, uh, a guy who ran who runs a show there put me up, put Bobby Khan up and had a really good set. And they said to, they said to call in again. So I'm wondering now if like the real Booker starts seeing me there, if that's going to cause any conflict. But who cares? At this point, I could not care less. And then I went to Flappers, which is a club in Burbank, and I did five minutes there. And uh, yeah, it was a five minute spot, guys. That these are LA sets. So they threw me five minutes in the main room. But the girl who's headlining, and I'm just dropping names, I don't really care. Uh, his name was Fortune Famester or something. And I guess she has like a lot of heat behind her. I mean, she was okay. She was, she was fine. But like, they pretty much bumped the entire lineup. Like she could go up whenever she wanted. Uh, and I think that's the most frustrating part of stand-up. Like she was, she was efficient, you know. But you can tell she was kind of on the newer side of comedy, maybe. 
maybe 10 years in, 12 years in, I don't even know, but that's new to me because I've been doing comedy like 20 years. And it's like, that's the most frustrating thing about doing comedy in, in Los Angeles is it's like this high school. Like you have to, you know, be cool. You have to be part of, you know, something where people, you know, who know who you are. There's this fame factor. Like, if you were to ask me, third, do you want to be famous? I would say yes, absolutely. Not because, you know, I want people to uh, give autographs. I want to give autographs to people just purely as a business. Like, so I can <laughs> green light my projects. So I can, you know, do stand-up without getting bumped. So I don't have to perform at youth hostels on Saturday night in front of, you know, people from Germany who don't speak any English. It's like, God, you know, it's just, sometimes it feels like this hamster wheel where we're just like going in circles. Hey guys, you this is my my podcast, so I know this is kind of weird and heavy, but I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling, I'm laying the truth. There is... There is nothing I hold back. If you ever <clears throat> people ask me, people who like writing questions and they ask me stuff, I'll tell you honestly because this is what it is. I mean, comedy. There's a lot of great highs, which I appreciate it, but there's a lot of lows as well that you have to just fight through. <sighs> so as I was driving back today in my car, I was like. I seriously had like a complete breakdown. I was like, dude, I cannot do another decade of these shit shows. I cannot do it. You know, like there's got to be some increase or just just better quality, you know, lifestyle because it's hard. And then I went to, uh, what else happened last week? I went to my friend. She started her own agency. And uh, when I was working the business side, she was an agent at CAA which is a big agency, and she started her own her own shingle. And I went and met with her, and I was like, you know, I was really jealous. I was really jealous. I was like, man, you know, this is. She has her own company, maybe some stability. It's about hustling. She can control her destiny, versus entertainment. Look, people always tell me, "Oh, Thar, you make your own stuff." Even if you make your own stuff, like, great. <laughs> Who cares? Like you want, you want to do other things. You want to monetize it in some capacity. So that's why I'm always telling myself, just make it because you want to make it. Because there's absolutely no guarantee it's going to go anywhere, that it's going to lead somewhere else. And God, I've made so many things. I mean, hundreds of videos, hundreds. And you know, this is my path. This is my journey. By the way, I do meditate, even though I seem like I'm just a nutcase. And it's also like one o'clock in the morning right now. But uh, I felt like it's kind of raw feelings and emotion. I thought maybe I should capture it. And uh, just to give you an update, I got that uh, festival thing next week. The Lancaster Comedy Festival. And um, I'm supposed to... Let's see, I think the rounds are first rounds five minutes, second rounds seven minutes, third rounds like ten minutes. And I have to do completely new material. So it's like 23, 24 minutes or something. And that's not easy to do as a comedian because my act pretty much, 
I use like the same beginning and end because it opens strong it opens strong and strong and then I kind of swap out the middle but like to do a complete new set you know three times uh that's challenging it's challenging for me and I've only been doing Bobby Khan the past I don't know two three years and I can't use my old act for Bobby Khan it's two different voices so you know, I'm trying to write as much material as possible, but at the same time, it's like, you know what, I'm doing the best I can. And however, you know, as I say in Days You See Episode 1, let the chips fall where they may. Uh, what else? I've been hanging out with this young comedian. Not really hanging out, just kind of you know, just talking to him, whatever. And I'm not really that sociable with comedians, but, you know, this, I felt I felt this guy was really smart. And and uh, I really like helping young comedians. When I say young, he's like 29, but... And I hope that I'm in a position... It may be nice to be in a position where I can help others uh, with their careers... And I feel like I can do that right now by giving them advice. (laughs) I can definitely tell them what not to do. But again, I I do, whenever I say stuff to people, I do drop in the caveat that that things work differently for different people. So like what works for me might not really help you. And what didn't work for me might be great for you. So I try to just be positive and, and still... Uh, confidence in people and just tell them, hey, look, you're doing the right thing, even though I'm, I'm totally internally uh, falling apart sometimes. But, uh, and yesterday I shot, oh my God, I shot three episodes of the series Brothers, which was I mentioned, where I play all the parts. Man, this series took, it took so much out of me. Like, I was just gone. I had to write it. I shot it. I actually casted a, I casted a girl friend of mine, Twinkle Cower, who's, who's really talented. She was in an acting class of mine. And this is a true story. I'm going to tell you this, this quick story about actors in LA because it's almost crazy how how actors... So I know so many people who want who message me. They message me wanting to be in my projects, wanting to be actors, actresses, whatever. So I, I wrote this part for a girl and I know three girls who have all told me they want to be actors. So I reached out to one and I was like, hey, you know what? I have this thing. She doesn't have a lot of credits, but I give everybody a shot. And I was like, put yourself on tape. I've never seen you act. Never heard from her again. Another girl said she wanted to do something. Reached out to her. Uh, said she wasn't interested. Then she said she was interested. Then she said she's going to Europe. All right, that was two. Third girl. Uh, well, I pitched the, the, I ran into her at a coffee shop. I pitched it to her. She's like, oh, I want to do, I love to do it. Da, da, da. You know, Friday rolls around. She, th- Wednesday, Thursday, she's, she couldn't do it. Friday rolls around. We're supposed to shoot. She messages me. Oh, I can't do it. You know, uh, got meetings. So it's like, I'm giving you opportunities here. Like there's so many people who want to be actors. And when you give them the opportunity, they don't even come through for you. And it, it was almost like, I've seen it happen so many times, even when I was making Days DOC, we stopped using people who weren't serious about acting. Like, you have to be somewhat serious about it if you want to do this. There's so many flakes out there. So 
This girl, Twinkle, was my acting class. Messenger got back to me in five minutes. She's like, I'm in. I'm flexible. Whatever you want, I'll be there. Which is all I really want. You know, someone who's reliable, who's going to show up, know your lines. I'll throw you some money, right? I'm not doing some free nonsense. I'm actually paying people. And uh, we shot for like three hours and she left. And, and I'm happy with the footage. I'm going to edit it now. So lesson to people who who want to be actors, you know, who want to be artists, be committed. Don't be one of those people that flakes out and doesn't show up because nobody wants to work with you. And I really feel like, you know, I told my friend Sean this about, about these, uh, you know, girls. And he was like, dude, that happens on professional levels too. And I think he's right, actually. I think, you know, people flake out. They want to do projects. They don't want to do projects. This is the entertainment business right? There's like no rules for anything. Like this is not finance where you have to like show up every day and and the market closes at this time and shuts down at this time. This is entertainment. There's so much leeway, so many variables. And it's like, I think that's what's maddening for me sometimes because you're operating without a net, without any safety net. You're just kind of in free fall. And who's to say you're successful or not? I mean, really, who's to say anything? Like, like the people who see me from the outside, they're like, oh my God, this guy's like doing all this stuff, you know? But people on the inside of the business, they're like, well, he's making this stuff, but nobody really cares about any of the things he does, right? It's not like I'm making stuff for like network TV or uh, any studios. I'm just kind of doing it for myself. And I feel like that also applies to the comedy clubs. Like when I was performing last night at the HaHa, and this is the one good thing about doing these shit shows. Like I felt like nobody really, they were like, what the hell is this guy? These guys dressed like a, a weirdo with his sunglasses and bandana, bandana on, and it was a tough crowd. Dude, I lit up that crowd. I mean, I'll tell you when I bombed, I had a really good set. And part of that's because I'm performing at these Mexican birthday parties with my friend Darren. Like these, these are the hardest <laughs> venues. They're not even comedy rooms. Like I'll go there and they'll give me a microphone. It's outside. I'm screaming my jokes. Nobody's listening. It's like the hard. These are the hardest venues. And I mean, are they good for me? Yes. But would I love to just not have to do these shows anymore? Yes, of course. In fact, I heard a story a couple of years ago about Russell Peters. Uh, how he used to do these Indian weddings. And I hated, I used to do those same Indian weddings. And they were nightmares. They were absolute nightmares. Because you'd show up there, nobody knew what comedy was, and then you'd have to like do, uh, you know, 30, 40 minutes, which is a long time for an Indian wedding. And then you're by yourself. It's just, and I heard like Russell Peters just stopped doing it. He was like, I'm not doing these venues. He doesn't need to. He's like, gets paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to perform. So I cannot wait for the day where I can just cherry pick my venues, cherry pick what I want to do. In fact, I can do that now, actually. I can just say no to gigs. I mean, maybe I should just start doing that. But fortunately, I'm a workaholic somewhat, and I'll just, I'll deal with the pain. I'll put myself through it, and I'll have this, you know, I'll justify it in my head. You know, that's my... That's my thing, which isn't great, but I don't know. 
Maybe it's made me a better artist. Have a great weekend, everybody. I seriously enjoy. Live it up. You only live once, all right? Take care. Bye.